When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger and podcast host for you today. Hi, uh, I'm Jake. Uh, get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's uh, and I write for EPL Index. Firstly, let's say, Jake, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. I know it's been a hectic, uh, festive period with plenty of football being played. Um, and obviously, we've we've not managed to record for about 10 days or so. Um, so it's nice to be back. It's nice to have you on. We're hoping that James is going to join us soon also. Uh, but let's kick off initially, if you don't mind, Jake, uh, with the results from uh, New Year's Day, if you'd like to take us through those fixtures. Yeah, so uh, we start, obviously, it was a, a busy busy few weeks for the championship we haven't been able to record much but we'll just focus on this last round of games uh starting at villa park um Aston villa took the lead against qpr got pegged back went down and then got uh got an equalizer so that was quite an entertaining game a two-all draw there uh blackburn for maybe a little surprise result at home to west brom they got a 2-1 win um brentford at home to norwich uh got a one-all draw and i think um the home side would be a little bit disappointed with that one based on the uh the the um the game as a whole, Derby Middlesbrough one all draw two teams in the playoff positions that was obviously always going to be a fiercely contested game. Hull City absolutely battered Bolton at home the form team of the division winning six nil, uh, really pressing up that table under Nigel Adkins which we will come on to him later. Uh, Millwall got a good away win uh, against Ipswich three two um, to sort of continue their good form. Nottingham Forest in a in what was an amazing game beat the league leaders Leeds 4-2 at home uh, the red card in that game for Leeds which made it difficult but they did rally back with 10 men before ultimately going down Swansea City got a really good away win against Reading obviously the new manager there Gomez it was 4-1 win for Swansea so quite battering and a lot for for Gomez to do there and his first job in England Rotherham uh, got a really good 2-1 win against Preston and my shout of Preston getting a playoff position for a few weeks ago now looks deluded. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday continues their, <laughs> their, their climb, um, or their at least recent good form, with a one-all draw against Birmingham, who have also been doing very well. Bristol City, another form team, got a really good 2-0 win away against Stoke, and it's getting to the point where you just can't see Gary Rowett turning that one around, uh, and a mm-hmm. loss at home is just not good. Um, and Sheffield United strengthening their own promotion hopes with a 3-0 win away to Wigan. So yeah, some loads of goals, loads of controversy, loads going on as you'd expect in the Championship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some great fixtures, some great results for some teams, and you can't beat New Year's Day football, can you? Full fixture list all kicking off at three o'clock there. Uh, but let me come to you, Jake, and ask you, what was your biggest wins or surprises from those uh, those results that you've just reeled off? Yeah, so I think what it's got. To, I've got to pick out two results here. And it's, it's the two teams that are currently unbeaten in the last six games. I wonder if you can name them, Louis. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm guessing Hull City and Millwall. No, Hull City and Bristol City. Funnily enough, okay, they're the two. Okay. Um, they're the, the only two teams unbeaten in the last six. So they've both got really good, um, really good wins on New Year's Day. Um, Bristol City is a somewhat surprising one because I've just always thought of them being, you know, quite near the bottom of the table, not in relegation zone, but just in that top of the bottom half. But they're, they're really progressing quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Last six games, they've taken twelve points, which is is, is nothing to 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 you know be disappointed at. They're up into eleventh in that group of teams, which is ridiculous. From about thirteenth, um, which is whole up to Nottingham Forest in seventh, thirty nine to uh, thirty six points. So through three teams separating. Uh, seven teams there, so it's quite a really close, close bit of the league, just behind the playoff positions. So, 
Yeah, they've, they've moved into there uh, and they've got real momentum heading into the new year. Um, only five points off the playoffs now. Got some really good players. And I know inconsistency has been a problem for them under Lee Johnson, but that seem to be clicking. Uh, and if they do use the next month well, add a couple of good players, um, they could really be a team that come on in the second half of the season. So they're ones that, that have, have jumped out to me and that's a really good win away to Stoke. I know Stoke haven't been great under Gary Rowett and, and not been anywhere close to the team that people thought they'd be but it's still a good win to go away there uh and get the three points so you can't yeah that was a great result yeah and the other one would be Hull yes obviously they've been doing excellent recently they're a team tipped for relegation um but yeah taken near maximum point out of the last six games I think they've won five drawn one scored a lot of goals during that time as well they've got 17 goals in their last six matches Six mm. goals on New Year's Day. Everything is clicking. Uh, I think Jared Bow- Bowen is the one there that's really catching the eye. And I've seen him linked to Tottenham in recent days. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep hold of him. Because that has been the problem with Hull uh, in the last couple of years. They've just been selling players left, right and centre. Uh, and Bowen really does seem to be the star, star man now, though. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But, yeah, they're the two, two big wins for me. I think both teams are, are heading in the right direction. And, and can have an eye on that playoff position, which is crazy to talk about of Hull. And I don't think they'll get there. And I don't think they even expect to get there but the fact that we even talking about it shows how well they've done recently yeah it is crazy because i know they were hovering over the relegation zone for quite a while and we even said that you know <laughs> given time you know they'll either get out of it or find themselves finishing 22nd in in the league this year and uh yes they've done really well to get out of that and another player what keeps performing for them and i, and I like the player and like i say he's forward thinking very skillful but yeah Krasicki for hull city bagging another two goals and and bolton obviously just fell apart in the second half there conceding five goals in the last 45 minutes which um like i say fell apart and, and bolton are really struggling now a couple more fixtures that stood out for me though obviously the the huge game um the one which was live on tv forest for uh leeds united two you know that had had everything you know from a neutral perspective as well Colback with a, a couple of decent goals and yeah in the end i believe forest yeah, yeah they, they deserve the win and they keep pushing the playoffs and it's interesting that this last week or so we've seen Leeds, Norwich and West Brom even all failing really to to you know continue on that push for for promotion or or be outright runners up there and and like I say Leeds have lost a couple on the bounce now Norwich have only gained a point or two in the last three games um so yeah it's definitely making it interesting and then Carrying on from that, my other standout result is is actually Blackburn's victory against West Brom. I keep thinking that West Brom are going to be the team that eventually overtake even Norwich or Leeds, and and they keep letting me down in that regard. Um, obviously, only gaining one point in the last two games, also. Um, so yeah, in in that respect, it's it's quite interesting that no one is running away with it, as we've we've kind of touched upon in the last. Uh, few week or talked about in the topics just a point on that louis i think it's a, a a good time to bring up a point i've been looking to bring in and that is uh obviously norwich and leeds the two teams at the top of the table at the moment mm-hmm. um just looking at the last six games I, I am looking at a sort of six game league table for this episode because i thought we haven't covered much over christmas so it's, it's worth bringing that in um, yeah. over that period three teams have conceded 12 goals four teams have conceded 11 goals and and out of those seven teams norwich and leeds are both in there Really? Okay. So yeah, so they have been among the the worst defensively over over the Christmas period. And if you look at the other end, three teams have conceded four goals. Sheffield United are one of those teams, and they're the team in third. So it's really interesting to to, to bring that narrative into it that Sheffield United seem to be looking good at the back, and they've scored thirteen goals, which is which is as many as Norwich and more than Leeds. So they seem to be really ramping things up. So I I would not be confident as a Leeds or Norwich fan, it, given the current form, the recent performances. That that they can sort of hold on so much over Sheffield United, and that gap now is obviously only at two points for Norwich and four points for Leeds. And, and given the, the performance over the last few weeks, I, I would be worried if if I was a Leeds or Norwich fan. I, I think it was good luck, good luck for them that uh, West Brom lost um, at the weekend, uh, or no, on New Year's Day, uh, and obviously Middlesbrough and Derby drew, so they didn't lose too much ground on other teams. But Sheffield United are really coming through at a good time, uh, and they look at both ends of the pitch better than the two teams above them at this point, I think. 
Yeah, and they had a fantastic win at Wigan. And I know we're going to come on to Wigan later on, but I didn't expect Sheffield United to win 3-0 there. But touching on, obviously, the last few weeks, there's been three teams that have had a really, really good couple of weeks over Christmas. You've already mentioned Hull City, which we won't talk about then, or Bristol City you've mentioned. But for me, Millwall, they were actually in the relegation zone, um, I believe, on Christmas Eve. And now they find themselves 19th, three wins out of three uh, on 28 points. And they look, or they're playing like the team that they were last season who were pushing for the playoffs. So I think, you know, your teams like Millwalls and your Prestons, we, we thought they would eventually come good. Well, it seems as though now now is potentially the time. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm fearing the worst for the teams in the bottom five, which, which we will come on to starting with Wigan right down to Ipswich. Uh, but if we were to pick out any players in particular, Jake, from this uh, week's round of games, have you got any players that stood out for you in particular? Yeah, there's always a few. I think for for Bristol City, I quite like what their striker uh, Dia do. I think it, he's he's been there really well recently, and he, he played very well against Stoke. Um, got the opening goal, and then you know it's just it's so selfless up front, and I think that's that's the thing with this Bristol City team. They're so solid at the moment. They're not conceding many goals. Um, one of the teams to only concede four, but they're not great going forward. But what Dia do does, and I think he gets a lot of criticism from Bristol City fans. He he. It can sometimes look a little bit languid up front in, in in the way he plays, but he's so selfless. He covers so much ground, wins a lot of headers, uh, and seems to be that sort of centre forward that that works in a team like Bristol City. Um, and I think he does have the potential to score a lot of goals if they give him the service that that has been lacking recently. But he obviously got that goal at Villa Park. Yeah. And I just think a lot of the stuff he does is quite selfless. Um, obviously you mentioned Grisicki earlier. It's difficult not to overlook him. He had a an excellent performance uh, for Hull obviously getting those two goals uh, and he's a player that's you know played at the very top of the the European game in World Cups and Euros and, and he's he's probably too good for this level uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if a bit like uh, Bowen if he was one that was looked at by a Premier League club because I think he's got a lot of talent and did well there when Hull was there yeah. Uh, but yeah he was excellent against Bolton as well they were the two that really stuck out for me. Yeah, there's a few. You, you've mentioned, obviously, Grisicki. We've touched on him. Uh, Colback as well. I know I mentioned him earlier, but two goals, and I believe they were his first two goals of the season, actually, and, and, and what a time to find them. Um, Tammy Abraham, obviously, he's he's bagged another couple of goals again, a brace against QPR, and, and you know, QPR 2-1 up at one point. I thought they were going to get a fantastic victory and, and carry on with their decent run of form as well, because they're unbeaten in five now, but yeah, Abraham's got them out of jail, yeah, and I think... It, just a quick point on Abraham. Abraham, that, yeah. I'm just thinking of these things as we're going, which I guess is the point of the podcast, really. He, I saw he's been linked to a with a link to um, with a move to Wolves. What do you think that yeah. would do to Villa? Do you think that would that? Well, I've also seen him been linked with Huddersfield as well, and I can understand it because obviously Huddersfield are a team what need goals to get them out of the relegation zone. Obviously, in, in the Premier League, uh, Wolves it, it also kind of makes sense. We've talked about Abraham being a young striker in and around, or potential to be in and around more so in the England setup, and he's, he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, it's strange for me that Abraham. He was fantastic last year, as we know, but he's only hit the heights in the championship this season, I believe, in the last five weeks. And I think I were going to go on and say that. I think it's um, he scored nine goals in his last five home games. And I, I believe now he finds himself also the, the championship top scorer, doesn't he? Or joint yeah, tam- he's, cha- he's got top 16 scorers. goals in, in 20 games, which is a remarkable strike rate. He's great, yeah, great. yeah. yeah. So, Obviously, the, these teams like you know, I, I'll be surprised. I won't be surprised if like your, your Burnleys and your Fulhams are hovering around him also, you know. And and if and if Villa were to lose him, it is a massive blow. You know, Villa have got some talented players, but first and foremost, Tammy Abraham's part of that spine of the team at the minute. Who, who you know, they've been on a decent run of form, and, and and like I say, he's he's been he's been key to that. Um, so I can imagine that maybe will uh, leave come the end of the month, uh, which will be disappointing for Villa. But it would make sense him going to a Huddersfield or Wolves. And, and I can actually see him signing for Wolves. I'm guessing you can also. Yeah, I think I think that one's one that could happen. Uh, I'm not sure about where the registration rules lie, because I, I, I know that Newcastle are linked to him, and I, I saw a few mm. accounts suggesting that he couldn't get play for another club this season. But I don't think he played for Chelsea, so I don't think that would be a problem. Um, in that sense, I think you, as long as you don't play for, if you don't play any minutes for 
two clubs. I think it's fine. So I think it should be all right. But yeah, the, the problem for Villa is they have no say in the matter, which I think is... The, yeah, it's, it's out of their hands a little. Yeah, it yeah. is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And they're the second top goal scorers in, in the uh, the championship with 49. Obviously, their problems lie at the back, and, and that's why they don't win as many as they should. So you would argue that maybe losing Abraham wouldn't be the biggest issue in... in they need to sort their defence out before really worrying about that. And, and they've probably mm. got players that can come in. Codger, Scott Hogan, you know, they're good players. Uh, won't be able to score at the rate of um, Abraham, but if they can sort out their defence, I think they should be able to sort of make up the goals and, and get points in another way. So it wouldn't be the biggest issue, but it would be a blow. And it's, it's one of those psychological blows that could be difficult to recover from. Um, and they sort of had the opposite in, in during the summer when they kept hold of Grealish and sort of the, the big boost. Uh, and this would be the opposite. And, and given their intent position, yeah, it could be a real real body blow. I don't think personally it would be one that would be that would end their playoff playoff hopes or, or hopes anything. No, maybe it, not. It would be it would be a huge blow, uh, and you don't want to be losing a strike of that quality. No, and and if if they do get him for around the eighteen million or, or twenty million mark, it is a player that you know you would expect to continue rising in in price. So if if they did get him for eighteen, he's he'd probably be worth you know, thirty million pound in a couple of years. So yeah, it it, it really does make sense. And I I, I thought that it it potentially stay till the end of the season, but like you say, it's out of their hands. Uh, but just to carry on, uh, my final standout play of the weekend, there was only two keepers actually what managed to keep a clean sheet, uh, but one of the games we've mentioned, uh, Nicky Mayempar in net for um, Bristol City, kept a clean sheet, but also the penalty save, so he did fantastically well, and he's my last standout player from uh, this week. Um, but with that, we'll just take a short break, and we'll be back with you soon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, and we're going to go straight into the topics. Uh, so I want to ask you, Jake, obviously, Lou Kai was sacked over the Christmas period at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we've had the appointment confirmed of Steve Bruce now at Sheffield Wednesday also. What was your initial reaction on the sacking and what's your thoughts on Bruce's appointment for the future at the Owls? Uh, yes, yeah, an interesting one. I don't think anyone could be shocked at the sacking. Um, just I don't think it was it was great um, um, for Sheffield Wednesday under Luakai. I don't think he quite got to grips with the league. I think there was obviously a lot of financial things going on as well and, and, and things going on behind the scenes that maybe made it difficult. But a lot of the things he came out and said especially towards the end of his tenure and uh, mm. just the football and the results just weren't good enough. Uh, and I think he was never going to be the one to get you out of this league. So it had to be made. Perhaps you could even argue they've made it a little bit too late for anything serious to happen now, 11 points off the playoffs. So, you know, it, it's not impossible, but at the same time, it's, it's difficult, not realistic yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you could do what Hull have done. If you, if you went and won four, five, six on the bounce, who knows? But I think it's it's a bit too late. But you know, Steve Bruce, I think is a, is a very good appointment. To be honest, I think he's he's done very well. Every nearly everywhere he's been, he's got teams like Hull and Birmingham out of the division. Um, mm-hmm. Hull, especially in the difficult times, I think, uh, especially the second promotion with them, probably goes down as probably one of their most successful managers in their history. And and the second promotion, as I said, was was very good considering the the circumstances and what was going on with the owners there. So. I think he's, and, and even a Villa, you know, he got him to the playoff final. And if you look at what's happened under Dean Smith, Smith's still early, but 
it's hardly you know become a lot greener overnight as it? it's it's and, and before bruce there, there, there was difficulties so i think i think the villa are just that club right now that it's difficult for anybody to go into uh, the expectation so big and the margin for error is so small and that yeah that, it's just the, the pressure it's so difficult to perform it and, and you even looking at them now they've got they've easily got one of the best squads in the league it's just something something's missing and it's it, it's what leads were for a long time and i think villa are going to become that club and i wouldn't be surprised to see them fall off and decline and, and even end up a division lower in, in years to come i just think it's the pressure's so high that it's just, near impossible for anyone to do a good job there i agree i think it's the expectation level i think you know we, we, we all know that villa are one of the biggest clubs in the league and they've got the players it's just it's just so difficult in a 46 game season to get the best out of those players and you know it's we talk about how this league can flip on its head all the time and it's it's kind of happening already we've touched upon leeds and norwich who are the top two at the minute both not one in two games and and that's how difficult this league is and you know going back to lukai yes his, his time was up you know he, he played a defense approach for too long we were conceding too many goals you know could talk about Lukai all day but finally the chairman saw sense as well you know the fans were wanted him out about a month prior to him actually leaving um but yeah we've Wednesday have gone back to basics now unbeaten in four we've brought the experienced players in like Kieran Westwood obviously in goal who's kept two clean sheets already even though he's not had too much to do but uh, Sam Hutchinson's returned players even like uh, Boyd's back Um, and yeah I I can't be unhappy with what Lee Bullen's done so far you know we've we've come it's, it's, it's proven already that even though you know, we're sat 16th in the league. We we can compete with teams in the top six. We've gone away to Middlesbrough, got a one nil victory. Gone away to West Brom. Um, they equalised in the last minute through an own goal. So you know, on another day, we'd have got three points there also. And, and we've got a couple of uh, other, well, we've got a win at home, obviously against Preston, and and a, and a draw when we probably should have beat Birmingham as well. So yes, coming to Bruce, the appointment's confirmed. He knows the league. He's experienced. Um, it was up there for me with Jukanovic as my top two candidates. The only thing that Bruce doesn't have is um, a bit of charisma, a bit of a style of football that Jukanovic may have brought. However, Bruce, for me, still gets results. So in that sense, it was as good appointment as any. Um, like you said, Jake, he's had four successful promotions. And, and the good thing about Bruce as well, coming in at Sheffield Wednesday, is that not only does he know the league, it's not really a risk. Like you, you, sometimes you you appoint a manager like we did, Luke I, um, and lots of clubs appoint managers, you know, abroad or from League One, etc. With Bruce, you know, it's you get what it says on the tin. You know, it, it might go great, it might go bad, but we're not going to be any worse than we have been this last year. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So in that regards, it's going to be good to see what Bruce can do. Yes. He is only going to have a small budget, if any. And the question mark still stands at Sheffield Wednesday whether, you know, what what's our plan long term? Um, and I don't know whether Bruce is the answer long term. However, if Sheffield Wednesday and Chan Siri, the chairman, does put together this long term forward thinking plan and philosophy and approach and Bruce is going to be part of that, then I'm I'm certainly all for it. Yes, I'm, I think uh, Bruce is, is uh, a good appointment and he's got the potential to be a fantastic one. Um, so, yes, only time will tell with that one, but I'm, uh, I'm not going to have any sleepless nights with the appointment of Bruce there. Uh, but moving on to the bottom of the table, uh, Jake, obviously Ipswich, we've, we've brought them up in the topics before and they, they're still struggling down there at the bottom. But obviously with a, a full fixture list over the, the Christmas period, a lot of games have been played. Does Ipswich's recent form still suggest that they don't have enough to survive relegation? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I know, I know they got that win in the draw um, a few weeks ago, but they're still 10 points off, off any, any survival. Yeah, I know they beat Wigan and Drew to Sheffield United, two big results, but then they followed up with a 3 0 defeat against QPR, which isn't the worst. And QPR have been very good um, and winning a lot of games under Steve McLaren. Um, but that, that loss against Millwall was a, was a big, big loss for them. It, to, to go ahead in that game and to still lose it, it's, it's a huge blow. 10 points looks like a mountain, doesn't it? 
mm-hmm. at this point. It does now. It, yeah. It's it it's they've they've got enough games if they if they went on a run twenty games it's it's enough to make up that gap because I don't think Wigan Millwall even even on after their recent you know recent improvement Rotherham Bolton Reading none of them are gonna get points of plenty they they mm-hmm. then they're gonna lose a lot of games as well so there's an opportunity but I just don't think it's but you got the players I just don't think Paul Lambert's a very good coach to be honest that's it just shows what a good job Mick McCarthy is doing, and I know fans, Ipswich fans, all, all, um, all some were saying, "Oh, even if, even if, um, you know, we don't do well, it's not because McCarthy was good. It's not, you know, it's, it's obviously mistakes following that." And, and I get that to an extent. Uh, as a Newcastle fan, we had that when Pardew left it, and things didn't go great under Steve McLaren. They're saying, "What a good job Pardew did." Well, it wasn't that he did a good job; it was, it was that the, the failure to replace him that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't good enough, but I I think in this case it's genuinely different. I think McCarthy's doing a very good job on a low budget, uh, and to keep doing what he did with it, which was was excellent. And and yes, it could have gone better, uh, and there were there are areas to improve. But obviously, we've seen what's happened since, and it's it, it's an entertaining championship this year, but it's not a great one in terms of, you know, I don't think there's a huge gap between a lot of the teams. Um, you know, you even see Bolton sometimes go go to matches and get get good results. And Rotherham are doing a lot better this season. I think the, there's no, ex, you know, I don't think Ipswich are ten points worse than Rotherham or anything like that. But I just think, just think they're lacking that that manager that can that can do it. And I, I think McCarthy was just a, just a perfect fit for that club. And and now he's gone, it's perilous. And I think ten points. It's it's just a lot. It's a lot at this point in the season for a team that has only got fifteen points in twenty six matches. Ten points yeah. is a lot. Yeah, they've only, they've only won two games all season in twenty six. And I said before, and I'll say it again, when Lambert did come in, I said, you know, you've just talked about they've not got enough quality, but I said I don't think Lambert's still going to bring enough for Ipswich to win games. Yes, he'll probably get points along the way, but I can't see him being anything other than draws and it's kind of proven that in probably wor- in fact it's probably worse than that still because they've only managed one victory in six or seven now um, I'll, I'll tell you what they should have done they should have kept Paul Hurst they should have kept him just given him yeah given him the time and he brought in a lot of these players they should have given him the time and been and and just because I think he would have had a better chance of turning it around than Paul Lambert did mm. and and even though we talk about the lack of quality uh, a few seasons ago when Neil Warnock went into Rotherham they didn't have any quality they were in a dire situation because he's a good manager at this level he turned it around and managed to get them to stay up so it's not impossible but you have to have the right coach to do it and, and Lambert it's not like you need somebody to inspire to motivate to get players you know running through brick walls just to use a, a, a cliche but that's what you need to be doing and Lambert is just so dour and just he lacks that and it's not going to happen. It, it, it's not impossible. We've seen it before, and, and we could even see another managerial change. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, true. But, true. yeah, he's not the man. And and it's at, at this current rate, yeah, they're, they're going down. It's they, they don't even have a hope. Yeah, I've got to agree. And sticking with relegation and the relegation fight, um, it's been absolute dreadful, torrid time for Wigan. And it's crazy because we've talked already about the league flipping on its head and I was saying how Wigan were doing so well at the beginning of the season, you know, especially at home, and they were in the in the top half or a tenth, ninth, tenth at, at one stage. Um, but what's your thoughts on Wigan now after going seven games without a win? Uh, currently, four points off the relegation zone, sat in twentieth. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's it's always happens. Uh, teams that come up, you know, they have the momentum, and then they have to. Switch the way they play. That the attacking football that that worked so well last season isn't going to last forever, and you've got to change that style slowly. And I think the problem with Wigan at the moment is too open. Uh, I think Paul Cook as a manager that throughout his managerial career has managed teams fighting at the top end of a division. He, you know, he did it. Um, was it Chesterfield? He did really well with the start off of. Then he, then he went to Portsmouth and and managed a team in League Two that were expected to win the division. Then he then he moved to Wigan, expected to to get promoted from League One. He's always managed teams that that were expected to do well and I think it, the change of mentality and the change of what is required from him is obviously bringing out you know showing his his flaws uh as a coach so it's it's interesting um I think I think purely because the four teams below below Wigan at the moment are just all dreadful yeah 
it's yeah. that one that one saving grace is that four teams are not going to get many points this season. They, those four teams are not going to get many more points. And Wigan, I, I think they've got enough quality. Uh, Nick Powell, um, Will Grigg, um, you know, they've got players that are, are good at this level. I, I wouldn't say that world beaters by any stretch, but I think they're good at this level. Mm. Um, Joel Garner, obviously another one who's very good. Um, they should have enough to to get out of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a managerial change there. Just to, for, for Wigan, just to, to to accept that Paul Cook is is he's got the skill set to do one thing very well, and that's to get teams promoted. But I don't think he's got the the quality to build Wigan up from a, a team staying up in the championship to a team challenging in the championship, and that's got to be their ambition. So. For that one reason, I don't. I think they might have to change their manager. But 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 yeah, as I said, the the four the, the four teams below them are, are, are all awful. So it's it, Rotherham are awful. But the, the thing they have, you know, the thing they have that Bolton, Reading, and Ipswich don't have is that they actually the the work rate and and things. Yeah, that, that's I agree. Going to get them through, and that's what's going to get them points. You know, ten draws. They've they've only lost eleven games, whereas the three teams believe them have lost fourteen, fourteen, fifteen. Wigan have also lost fourteen. So Rotherham, I know, I know Louis, you're not a big fan of draws, but for a team like Rotherham, they're huge and, and they, exactly. they, they they really do battle. And I think the other three teams don't. And I, I think Wigan, I don't think like I haven't seen enough of Wigan say they don't have that work rate. I just think they're just too open. And I just think they they just get picked apart at this level. Yeah, well, you've already answered my next question because I was going to say, do you think that Wigan would make a managerial change? And and yes, that could be expected now. They, they do seem to be conceding a lot of goals now, whereas at the beginning of the season they weren't in particular. And I always thought that their home form would keep them above the relegation zone. But at the end, as we know in this league, and it gets to this time of year, quality prevails. And that's why we're still finding your Wigan's, your Rotherham's, you know, near the foot of the table. But like you say, at the minute, Bolton, Reading and Ipswich are just dire. And I can't see where the next win for any of those teams is going to be coming from because they're conceding goals galore. And we've touched on Ipswich, but they've conceded 46 goals already this season. They they could concede 90 to 100 goals this season. And, and it seems crazy because at the beginning of the season, I, I didn't pick out a team in particular that I thought was going to be you know, at the foot of the table by a, a long, long way. Uh, but obviously Ipswich are going to be that team and, and a couple more are, are struggling also. The, the, the thing, I know I know we're talking about the bottom of the table, so it seems a great time to bring this up. Reading, obviously they've they've brought in a new manager in Gomez, not known a mm-hmm. lot about him, wasn't their first choice. I know a lot of a lot of Portuguese managers especially were linked to that job. Brought him in, were against a, you know, I think they showed a bit of fight against QPR. QPR are a good team at, at the moment especially, so that was a good draw for them, but you know, to have Swansea come in, come into your home stadium, Swansea who have taken one point for their last three games and to get battered in the way they did with a new manager as well, it's that is very worrying. They've they've yeah. made that change. They've made the change to bring in a new manager. And they got uh, Swansea I think they're a good team, a working progress under under Graham Potter, but they got there's a lot of young players and and they were in poor form and to, to get battered in the way they did. Um, it was very poor, and, and the worrying thing about it is Reading hadn't been conceding little goals before that. Uh, only conceded three in their previous four, and 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 the new manager comes in, obviously trying to change his style of play, and to to lose four goals against a team that don't score many. Swansea, so that, I think maybe that managerial change. I, th- I think he might be coming in and trying to change it to attacking, and they just yeah, that that was, a, that was yeah. a massive that that's a massive you know red mark. We didn't mention it in the result, but that was a a huge change of form for both teams. Swansea don't score a lot and Reading had sort of been shoring things up and, and for that to happen, I think I'd be so concerned as a Reading fan. I, I think after Ipswich, I, I know it's obviously the, the next bottom team, but they're, they're the team I really fear for. I just don't see where it's going to come from. They've got Man United in the FA Cup. Yes, it doesn't mean a lot, but if they go and get battered there, five, six, seven, yeah, it's not good, is it? No, I agree. I, I can see already that, that Bolton, Reading and Ipswich are all going to get relegated unless something changes fast. And, and if it's not going to be one of those teams, it's for me, uh, Rotherham or Wigan. And I know that's easy to say because they're in the bottom five, but they are for me probably the 
the, the worst teams in the league this season. And like we always say, the league table never lies. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, Jake, actually. It was published in a national uh, newspaper, actually. The championship's best start in 11 so far after 26 games this season. Uh, I'm going to take you through the list of players and I want to see if you agree or disagree with those and if you'd put any other players in, in place of the ones I'm going to list. So in net, they had Lee Camp. Uh, Shotton at right back, Janssen and Cooper from Leeds at centre back with Pedersen on the left, Hernandez at Leeds again on the right with Norwood and Grealish in central midfield, uh, Lolly on the left with Abraham and Lukas Jukovic up front. Uh, what are your thoughts on that team and would you make any changes? Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one, isn't it? I think a lot of those players, um, they've been good, but I wouldn't say... There's a lot of contestable ones there. Mm. Um, Lee Camp in goal, I don't think he's been great. Uh, I think he's one that you always see making a lot of weird mistakes, a lot of weird choices in goal. I think he's fine, but I wouldn't say he's been the best goalie in the league. I'd probably probably go with uh, Henderson at, at Sheffield United or, or probably um, Peacock, Peacock Farrell at Leeds. I think those two uh, deserve more of a shout. Um, there's no Norwich teams in that. No Norwich players in that team, is there? No, which is a surprise because I've listed a couple of Norwich players what I'd have in place, um, but I'm sure you're going to pick out at this point Timu Puki, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he seems the obvious one. Um, closer at the back, I think, is, is another yeah. one you could you could consider. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's weird how... It, there's a lot of Birmingham players on that team as well, and I know they've been good, but they're in eighth position. You know, there's... Yeah, yeah uh, if, if if I'm honest, I mean, I'd, I'd probably keep Lukas Jukovic because of his assist contribution as well. Uh, Abraham, I know he scored loads of goals, but I, like I mentioned it earlier, over the course of the season, I think he's only he's only been good for about five or six weeks. And yes, he's got 16 goals now, but I'd probably have Puki in that position. Um, me, I've mentioned him all season, a player that should be in there and he's not. Um, Harry Wilson I'd have Harry Wilson there I don't agree with Grealish if I'm honest I wouldn't have Grealish in particular I, I think Norwood's had a good season but that's questionable as well um, the, the, the two centre-backs at Leeds I, I understand but for me the, the other big question mark is obviously Lee Camp um, and I agree like you mentioned Henderson or Randolph for me um, I, I, you know Randolph's not been sublime but at the same time Middlesbrough have only conceded 18 goals all season in 26 games and I know that's a contribution between the goalkeeper and the defence but for that reason yes yeah, still Randolph or Henderson um, other players that I might not throw in but contenders obviously there's Bradley Dack he's not in that team uh, Jared Bowen who's having a fantastic season also Neil Mopai who's got a huge assist contribution as well as goals uh, and then the other one for me is Possibly, yeah, Pookie for Abraham up front with uh, Jukovic. So I don't know if there's any more players you'd like to mention. Uh, Mac, is it Max Aaron's the left back? Is uh, it... In the team, it's Pedersen. Uh, no, no, I mean, is, is it? Oh, okay, okay. The uh, is he the Nor- the Norwich left back? Uh, yes, right that's back right. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's Lightner he's... from Norwich as well. Yeah, he's, he's been, been very good. Um, yeah. So yeah, possibly him. Um, I think the Derby. Yeah, you could. You could possibly throw Mount into it. I, I know he's he's had, you know, he's been missing a little bit of the season, but he's been very good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of players you could consider, but because some of those players that, that, that made the team, picked by that national newspaper, is is questionable. Uh, and the fact yeah, that no Norwich team that get no Norwich players get into it, I have my doubts about whether they're going to be in the top two come the end of the season. But but the fact that you know they are currently in second position. Um, probably do deserve some re- representation but I think Dak is a great shout from you I think players that sort of m- you know mellowing around that, that mid-table do get forgotten about in, in, mm. in discussions yeah. such as this but I think Dak has been very good uh, and yeah. probably deserves a mention Yeah I mean if I look at that team the ones I definitely agree with is Lucas Jukovic, uh, Hernandez Lolly. I agree that Lolly's been great this year uh, and probably Janssen and Schotten other than that Yes, they're all questionable and you, you could replace them with other players. But carrying on from Birmingham, because we've just touched on them, um, the final uh, topic, if you like, have Birmingham now emerged as dark horses for the playoffs and potential playoff promotion, Jake? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, definitely, but then you could you could say anybody from, from Hull in 13th upwards are dark horses for promotion. 
um, yep. for playoffs. I, I, you know, you could easily go as low down as, as Sheffield Wednesday, although I think that would be <laughs> a stretch. But you could, but, you know, potentially go that far. I think, I think for me, my real dark horse is a QPR, and I just don't know what it is. They, they've, they've won 11 games, which, which is more than anybody outside of the top six. And as we say on this podcast, if you win matches, you're, you're doing well, and you're doing something yep. right. And, and they had an awful start. You know, if you take off that start, and sort of start the season um in if so so i've I've got a tool here that lets me start you know pick pick a league table from any date so if, if we go from the start of if we go mid-september if we throw it's 22nd of september to, to now qpr in eighth position 29 points 11 uh only nine points behind norwich over that period who, who are the league leaders so okay if you take off that start, QPR are right up there in in that sort of top eight, and and I, I know that's where they are in the in the um, just off the top eight. They're in ninth position, but they they win a lot of games, and they've got a they've got a really talented squad. I, I think it's really overlooked how good their squad actually is, um, and I think the reason for that is just a couple of additions they made towards the end of the transfer window, uh, Narky Wells, uh, and they've got um, is it Hemed as well? They've got. Uh, yeah, he might yeah. be injured at the moment, but he, he's there as well. Luke Freeman, a very talented player at this level. Uh, Eze, very, very talented. Lots of potential. Mm. Um, I just think they've got a good team, uh, and I think Steve McLaren for all his faults is, you know, there's certain clubs that suit certain managers, and the low expectations at QPR suit McLaren, and I think he's got them playing well. They're scoring a lot of goals. Um, they're getting good results. They've you know, in the last five, they've they've won three, drawn two. Um, probably disappointed with the last two. Um, should be beating Reading at home, but you know you get those results, and we'll be disappointed at the way that they were in the lead at Villa Park and lost out. But prior to that, they'd beaten Nottingham Forest, who I, who I think are another team in that that group of teams. They beat Middlesbrough, scored two against Middlesbrough. That's that's no mean feat by any stretch. I think mm-hmm. they're the team I'm really considering. But 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 to get on, get back on Birmingham, I think Gary Monk is a very good coach. Um, I think he. He did well at Leeds. Um, probably made a mistake going to Middlesbrough, which is probably a bit too big for him. But it's these these sort of teams that he sort of does well in, with. And I, and I think with Birmingham, they they spent well a lot of money under Harry Redknapp, and not all of it worked out well. But but they do have some good players throughout. I think Hotter is a very good player. Uh, Harley Dean's a very good player. Um, Jukovic and Adams up front. That's a that's a powerful strike force uh, and one that no teams want to come up against. Gardner in the middle, very very good, just decent player now. Obviously they've got both Gardners on their books as well. They've they've got a good team. They seem to be know how to play under um, Gary Monk four four two. They're quite established, getting some good results. And yeah, Jukovic and Adams is it's the strike force that that really come come through. But you know there's a lot of teams on that point uh, point level. Um, behind the teams in the playoffs so I think for me as I said keep up I'm really tipping to, to go on and I, I don't rate Steve McLaren at all but I just think the, the amount of games they win just means you have to consider them and I'd have them slightly above Birmingham don't know why that is I, I, I just would but yeah Birmingham are another team um, the one thing I'd say on the playoffs so I just think those teams in the top six right now difficult to see which one would fall out I think Derby have still got another gear to go up um once everything clicks, um, mm-hmm. I think Middlesbrough, their defence is too good, and I think they'll probably spend money again in January. West Brom, incredible attack, good, good players throughout the team. Sheffield United, everything's going well for them at the moment. One of the best attacks and defences over the last few weeks. Then obviously you've got Norwich and Leeds, and and they've got the point gap over those group of teams. Norwich ten points above Nottingham Forest. Difficult to see them falling that far behind Leeds as well. So it's it's it, I can see Birmingham, Forest, QPR, Villa, any of those teams getting in that top six, but at the same time, I just wouldn't know which one would fall out. So it's difficult in in that sense. Yeah, I mean, if I was to one team in the top ten that could emerge as dark horses still and finish in the playoffs, maybe six, I'd still go with Aston Villa because of the the quality of player, whether they lose Abraham or not. Um, I st- you know, we're, we're talking about Birmingham as part of the topic. I still think. You know, the, the league table don't lie. Like I mentioned earlier, Sheffield United, West Brom, Middlesbrough, Derby, 
all for me are stronger than Birmingham. But if they have a good, you know, last third of the season, Birmingham could certainly push themselves in there with players like, you know, Shea Adams and Lukas Jukovic, who's who's on fire this season. Ten goals, eight assists, nine man of the match of the awards. Um, but it's interesting when you look at the table and you take Forest in seventh and Birmingham eighth. Both played 26 games, won nine, drawn 12. Both teams only lost five games this season, actually, in 26. And they've both got a plus 10 goal difference. It just shows you that Forest and Birmingham are both good enough to be, actually, in, in the top four. It's just like we touch upon quite often that these teams are just drawing too many. If you'd have turned three of those you know, draws it into wins, then they'd have been right up there in third or fourth. So that's the difference. It's just um, probably a bit of concentration and, and, and you know, with a slight improvement in defence, they could find themselves right up there. Uh, but, Jake, if we go into previews and predictions, um, is actually the international break, uh, telling a lie, it's not the international break, it's the FA Cup uh, break. So we've got uh, no league fixtures now until Friday the 11th and Saturday the 12th. But instead of three key fixtures this time, we've picked out four because there's some fantastic contests. Starting on Friday 11th at quarter to eight on the evening is Leeds United versus Derby County. What's your preview and prediction for that one? Yeah, I think um, that's going to be a really, really good game, I think. Um, I think you know, it's Leeds obviously lost a couple recently. Um, could this be the start of the Bielsa decline that everybody's been talking about? Uh, just the, the the style of play, um, the lack of rotation, the demands on those players. Could it finally be, you know, the, the wheels falling off? Um, perhaps unfair, I think. I think it's that's, that's perhaps too simplistic. Um, I saw them against Forrest and... Even with ten men, they were dominant for a period, uh, and, mm-hmm. and 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 were very good. Um, lost against a good inform whole team, so you can't really, you know, c- can't be too critical of them for that. But yeah, it's Derby seem to be a team that really up their game, up their game against the bigger teams. They they seem to do really well in these fixtures. Uh, I saw the cl- I think it's the last thirty minutes against Middlesbrough. I thought they did enough to, to get the three points. Nugent had a really good chance towards the end and, and if they'd have taken three points they'd we'd be talking about them a lot on this podcast after after what they did against Norwich as well. Did to Norwich what Norwich have done to so many teams in that late sort of turnaround. So I I am actually gonna go with a Derby win. I think Okay. I think Leeds Leeds are very open, I think, uh, the way they sort of man mark across the pitch and, and Derby have got the individual quality to to overcome that and, and get a good result. Um I think earlier in the season, Leeds absolutely blew them away. But that was towards the start of Frank Lampard's uh, managerial career. I think Derby have progressed a lot since then, and I think Leeds, although they've progressed somewhat, I don't. I think they were excellent from the start of the season. Haven't really changed. I think Derby the team that really come on. So I, I'm going to go for a Derby win. I think they they do very well against the bigger teams in in these big fixtures. So I'm going to go for a Derby win. I'm going to go two one Derby. Okay, I'm not going to agree with you, Jake. I'm going to go quite the opposite. And with a 10-day break from the league, like I say, I know the FA Cup's in between, uh, but I think that might do Leeds a bit of good. And being at home, um, I can see them getting back to winning ways. So I'm going to go quite the opposite from you, and I'm going to go 2-1 to Leeds. Um, But only, like I say, just for that reason that, I think a a slight break in, in, in between the fixture on New Year's Day right until the 11th of January will uh, will work in their favour. Uh, but the next game we're going to preview and predict is Birmingham versus Borough on the Saturday, the 12th at 3 o'clock. What's your prediction for that one, Jake? Nil-nil draw. <laughs> Middlesbrough don't concede <laughs> many, but they've not been playing great attacking-wise recently. I think Birmingham are a good attack, uh, in attack, especially at home, but I still think Goals could perhaps be their their downfall if they are going to challenge at the very top of the league. So I think, yeah, nil-nil draw in this one. I've gone 1-1. Similar reasons, to be honest. You look at the league table, it's difficult to predict. And when it is that difficult, um, I generally do go for draws. So for that reason alone, I'll I'll stick to a score draw. But uh, not too many goals, 1-1 for me. Uh, The next one also on the Saturday at 3pm, 
at the bottom of the table, key fixture. If if Ipswich have got any hope this season, they need to probably start in this contest. Uh, Ipswich versus Rotherham. What's your thoughts? Rotherham, two one. No, what? Yeah, two one. I'll go Rotherham. I think as as I mentioned earlier, neither of the teams are good, but Rotherham have something over Ipswich, and that's that's team spirit. That's that's an, an understanding of the way they play. That's a um, they really. But you know, get themselves up for the, for these games. So I'm gonna. I think they're gonna win. Um, two one to to Rotherham, and I think it could be what spells the end of what has been a disastrous time for Paul Lambert at Twitch. I've got to agree with you. I'm gonna echo exactly what you've said there. I've written two one to Rotherham also, and I think their grit, determination, and team spirit will see them getting away winning that one. And then. You know, you might expect goals galore in this final fixture, uh, but a huge game again at the top of the table on the Saturday also at three o'clock. West Brom versus Norwich City. What's your preview and prediction for that one? This is tough. Um, I think for the last few weeks I've said it's got to turn for Norwich at some point. They can't keep scoring the goals they are to, to negate letting them in. And I think we've seen that slightly turn over the last couple of weeks. Um, and West Brom, I know, Poor result against Blackburn, but prior to that, they've been very good. Um, I'm not sure if Dwight Gale will be back for this game, but if he is, that would be a huge plus. Uh, and the fact that at home, I think they should have enough. So I'm going to go. I'm going to two-one to West Brom. Yeah, I can see why you've said that. I'd expect West Brom to win this one. Actually, being at home and the amount of goals that we talk about, they can score 54 goals that have scored already this season, and we know Norwich concede can concede also. So for that reason. I'm going to go 3-2 to uh, West Brom. Um, and this has the potential to be, uh, obviously, one of the games of the day. But unfortunately, with that, we're out of time. If you'd like to tell our listeners, Jake, where they can find you, now would be a good time. You can get me on Twitter, at Jake Chappell with two wins. I mainly tweet about Newcastle, but but tweet about other, other football as well, uh, including the Championship, and get my writings on EPL Index. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Please subscribe, like, and retweet our show. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.